Welcome to the Motivations for Monday podcast. I'm your host, author, speaker, and the ultimate comeback coach, Rob Yanok. We have a very special message that I'm going to bring to you on this podcast today. I'm going to take you live from River Valley Life Center in Lancaster, Ohio, where I spoke on the message, FaceTime with God. Prayer should never be a foreign language. Prayer should always be our first language. May you be challenged, encouraged, and inspired. Enjoy. Illustration. A young man, a young man went into the drugstore to buy three boxes of chocolate one afternoon. A small box, a medium box, and a large box. And so when the pharmacist asked him about the three boxes, he said, well, I'm going to my new girlfriend's house tonight for dinner. And, uh, then we are going out together. And he goes on to say, if she lets me hold her hand, I'm gonna give her the small box. If she lets me kiss her on the cheek, well, I'm gonna give her the medium box. But if she really lets me smooch her seriously, I'm gonna give her the big box. Guy had motive, right? Reward. Watch, watch what happens. So that evening as he sat down for dinner with his girlfriend's family, he asked if he could say the prayer before the meal. And so he began to pray. And he prayed an earnest, intense prayer that lasted almost five minutes. When he got finished, his girlfriend looked at him and said, You never told me you knew how to pray and you were such a religious person. He said, yes, and you never told me your dad was a pharmacist. My website will have my notes on it this afternoon, this evening. So you don't have to take notes. You're more than welcome to have all my notes that I'm preaching from this morning and uh plus there's also a free gift on there for you if you do that um exodus chapter 33 verse 11 i got two verses of scripture exodus 33 verse 11 the lord would speak to moses face to face everyone say face to face as a man speaks with his friend that's old covenant that's old, that's old Testament. That Moses would speak to God face to face because of his friendship with God. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.16. Um, this is out of the message version of the Bible. Whenever, though, they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are. Face to face. Everyone say face to face. We live in a society and a culture today. It's easier to text than to go face to face. There's a uh, coffee place in Columbus on 4th Street, Italian Village. It happens to be one of my favorite places to go now. It's called Fox in the Snow. The owner's from Brooklyn, New York. And the great thing about Fox in the Snow, besides their cinnamon things that are ungodly wonderful, and their egg sandwiches and their coffee is good. There is no Wi-Fi there. It's extremely awesome that there's no Wi-Fi there. 
Now that seems abnormal for somebody that we all survive and live off of our Wi-Fi and our connection in this wireless world. But the reason why, when I was talking to him one day, he said the reason why he did this because he said he wants people to talk and look at each other and have face-to-face -face conversations, which you can go out to lunch today, and I promise you, look around while you're eating lunch. Majority of people will be sitting there as a family, and everybody will be having their phone out, and everybody will be facing their phone, and nobody will be facing each other. I think we've done that with God. I think our face has been towards everything else, our habits, maybe the things we like to do, our hobbies, maybe our situations. We face our situations more than we face our time with God. So I want to talk to you about face time with God. Face time with God. Let me continue reading. He said, then suddenly they recognize that God is a living personal presence not a piece of chiseled stone and when God is personally present a living spirit that old restricted uh, legislation is recognized and obsolete we're free of it all of us nothing between us and God oh man our face is shining with the brightness of his face I always thought if I obeyed enough rules I'd be more like Jesus and that was not it. The more that I spent with him, the more I could become like him. Because I could reflect what I'm beholding. It's like a mirror. Watch what he says. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured. Much like the Messiah our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. Can I tell you that really taking time to have face time with God truly can make you a more brighter and beautiful person in this life. I've met Christians and so have you that they're mean, they're ugly spirited, they're so condescending and condemning. I don't think we should be surprised when people blow it and people mess up. Why? Because it's, it's human. I think we should do what, what the writer in the epistle said, that we should, we who are spiritual, restore somebody. How do we become spiritual? By just spending a little bit of time with God, face to face. It's not about what you say. Because you can be face to face with God and something is shifting and changing in your mind and changing in your heart. We were in the presence of God today. And I promise you, if you received it, God did something in your life. I believe he shifted my situation that I've been fretting about and worried about and stressing about. Come on, somebody. I walked away from that song going, okay, God, you got this. Uh, man, you are in control. FaceTime. Here's what the dictionary says. Sp our time spent face-to-face -face contact with someone. Face-to-face -face contact with someone. And then I like the other part what the dictionary says. 
a video chat application designed by Apple. My kids love to text. And when I travel and I'm gone a lot, I just got back, we got back from Connecticut, New York, and I love when they FaceTime me. It doesn't matter where I'm at in the United States, but when I FaceTime and it's Emily or Evan or Christian or Grayson, whatever, I'm like, oh, I gotta take this. FaceTime, the application is amazing. It's so Star Trek and Star Wars. Remember? Remember that was in the future? There was gonna be a time that we could talk with people across the world face to face? And now we have it as a free app on our phone. There's something about becoming face to face with someone. And I'm going to tell you something. I could, I've been here before. I've preached before. You know, I've told you that the last couple years of my life and ministry and just everything personally has just been crazy. And the only thing that has kept me in perfect peace in the midst of the most difficult storms that I've ever faced in 30 years of ministry was this thing that I have with God in the morning called FaceTime. I, I can tell you this. You know, some people, and you can ask them to pray, and they know how to pray. They know what to say, and they just say it so good, so eloquently. But I can tell you, I've been raised in church my all, whole life, and, and there's been mornings, I'm like, I don't know what to say, right? And, and I found out that truly prayer is the most difficult thing in the world to do. Because really in prayer, in FaceTime with God, we find ourselves standing really on the edge of a dark, deep abyss. And we're in this world of the divine, in the world of the infinite, in the world of the internal, in the world of the spirit. And here's the fact. We come face to face with God, but we also come face to face with us. Because when we face God, there is no more secrets. And everybody hides things. And everybody's got secrets. And everybody's got skeletons in their closet that they don't want anybody to open up that door. Right? And really, when you stand face to face with God, or you lay face to face with God, or you pray face to face with God in that time, whether it's morning, afternoon, or night, you got to get real with who you are. Because he is real and he knows your heart, he knows your mind, he knows our thoughts. And I can tell you this, our prayer life is, an is the most important part of our relationship with God. The truth of it is, two-thirds of our spiritual growth happens only in the context of prayer. And a lot of times we have neglected that time of prayer. We don't pray sometimes because we really don't know exactly how to pray. We don't know what to say and we don't know how long we should or how often we should do it. And so we struggle. And then we use the excuse we are so, so busy. We have millions of pursuits. Our lives are just overwhelmed. Listen, time is slipping away. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. 
into the future, right? It really is. We And here's the problem. We get overwhelmed with just the pace of this life. Our culture's mantra, 24-7, baby, nonstop. Hey, how you doing? <sighs> I'm so busy. Really? And usually, we're so busy that we miss our time. We neglect our time with God. We wake up late, we're rushing, we barely grab the coffee, putting on, for the girls, putting on the makeup in the car, on the way. We're late, we're late. Oh, I forgot to spend some time with God. We live in a very tense, uptight, fast-paced culture and world filled with so much stress, anxiety. We are frazzled. We are overwhelmed. We're bewildered. We are so complex. We have heavier workloads than we've ever had before. There's so many greater demands on us than before. Higher stress than before. And we are busy, 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 busy. Listen, if we don't break the tensions of daily living, it will break us. Well, I don't have the time, Rob. I just, yeah, you do. You have 168 hours a week like everybody. We make time for what we prioritize. We don't ever drift in good habits or good directions. Listen to me. We have to discipline and we have to prioritize our ways to get there. Don't allow anything to rob your face time with God. Create a habit. Create a time. Whether it's in the, my thing is morning. I'm a morning. I love getting up early in the morning. And I love that quietness. I love to get my coffee. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Coffee and Jesus will make your day go better. Somebody needs to put that on a commercial, right? It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of priorities. And I'm going to challenge you to make FaceTime with God every morning. Because when there, when there has been moments that I thought I was losing my mind. When there have been moments I, that I was so deep, dark into a place of discouragement and depression that I didn't know if I could find my way out. And I can tell you, I didn't feel like praying. I didn't feel like reading my morning devotion. I didn't feel like taking a few scriptures in. I really felt like going back to bed and saying goodbye, you know, no world, I don't want to deal with you today. But because it, was no, it wasn't a feeling I had made it a habit. I made it a discipline. You, it, it becomes a part of your every day. Prayer should be our first language, never a foreign language. It should be our first response, not our last resort. Here's what Luke 18, 1. Listen, then Jesus told his disciples a story, a parable, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That they should have face time with God and not give up. Think about that. Giving up is not an option if you pray. There's no way you can give up if you pray. But if you don't pray, it's easy to give up. It's easy to give up on your marriage. It's easy to give up on your family. It's easy to give up on your job. It's easy to give up on life if you don't pray. But if you pray, that's not even an option. That's what Jesus was saying. And in, in the King James, he uses the word ought. 
So ought and should are the same thing, and it means this. We are under duty. We are under obligation. Most of us want to be led by God to pray. Well, I remember when we first launched our church uh, seven years ago, I this met this gal. She started coming to the church. I knew who her pastor was before she'd been part of church her whole life, and I asked her to join the prayer team to help pray for people. And she's like, well, i got to pray about that. What? You never have to pray about prayer. Prayer is you are obligated to pray. You pray because it's the, always the right thing to do. C.S. Lewis said it like this. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. And it doesn't change God. Prayer changes me. And Robbie Yanock is always in the need for change, whether I like it or not. So we need to recover this ancient practice and make it a part of our day-to-day life. We're commanded, the Bible says, to pray. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray continually. Don't ever stop praying. Even after you've done your FaceTime in the morning with God, keep on talking to Him during the day. Maybe you'll have to turn off your radio for a few moments and just have a conversation. You definitely need to pray before you go into work, right? None of us can justify a prayerless life. There's no excuse. There's no reason. It's the, it's the world's greatest Wi-Fi connection. You're always connected with God. And the greatest value of spending time in prayer, it's not what you get from God, but it's what you become. And Paul said you become beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Your life is transfigured, not just transformed, but you look different, you talk different, you live different. It sets you apart. It's really what holiness is. Our most sincere prayer should always be, according to Luke 11.1, Lord, teach us to pray. If that's the case, then prayer... You may say, well, some people are just gifted to pray. No, they learned how to pray. Prayer is learned. That's why the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he did. He said, okay, hey, when you pray, say this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. You know, and so he told them what to pray. There's something powerful about learning how to pray. How do you learn how to pray? You pray scriptures. You pray prayers. You remember your parents telling you, all right, say your prayers. Remember? remember, Mine was, now I lay me. Think about this for a second. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. In Jesus' name. And I remember thinking, Oh, my God. But listen, it worked. I'm still alive. It worked. As weird as I thought that prayer was, it worked. 
is when you pray. Pray those prayers. Meditate on scriptures. Get around somebody that knows how to pray and just shut up and listen. Find somebody to recommend a book to you. We have this amazing thing in the world, in the United States. They're called libraries. And they're free. And they'll get any book you want. Is that not amazing? Because somebody came to me and said, well, Rob, I, just, I can't afford to go to the Christian bookstore or Barnes and Nobles or Amazon and get a book. I'm like, well, there's these things called libraries. And if they don't have the book, they'll order it for you. What? Start reading some books on prayer. Okay, so here's what Philip Yancey said. He's got a book on prayer that is just fascinating and wonderful. He says, if prayer stands as the place where God and human beings meet, then I must learn how to pray. I must learn about prayer. And here's why we need to spend face time with God. Here's why we must make prayer a part of our life. We can't say, well, I came to church Sunday. I gave in the offering. It's not going to sustain you until next week, y'all. Not me. I need that time with God. And here's the reason why. Number one, in order to keep from fainting. I'm not talking about the physical problem or the temporary loss of consciousness as a result of inaccurate blood to your head. I'm talking about a spiritual condition that plagues believers today. That's why Paul would say, uh, uh, don't give up. You're going to reap if you faint not. Well, how do I keep from fainting? Even though faint means to be weak. You ever been weak spiritually? Yeah. Thursday, right? No. Or fail in heart to be weary, to toil, to toll, to tire, to be sickened. And it's plagued the church. It's plagued believers long enough because we live in this time where we're dealing with these pressures and these, these situations. Even the strongest Well, I hope you enjoyed that message, FaceTime with God. We'll continue it on our next podcast here real soon. If you have not purchased my brand new book, Your Ultimate Comeback, How to Get Up When Life Knocks You Down, go to robyanok.com or you can go to yourultimatecomeback.com. It'll be a blessing to you and I know you'll be inspired, motivated, and encouraged. You have an amazing week, and God bless.